Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Today, I really want us to help us get our 2021, our new year started on the right track. And again, usually in moments like this, you have messages about like going and dreaming big and going after your goals and things like that. And that's awesome. And, uh, but what I want to talk about today is how do we fall in love with our Bibles again and get back to the basics of what it is to read our word, believe what Jesus says, and no matter what comes our way, because we are rooted and founded on this word, we can believe always for better, better days. And so for me, again, that may not sound very sexy. It's like, oh, reading the Bible, that sounds cool, awesome. It's like, no, I think for me, what I've learned in 2020 is that simple is better. And I never want to overcomplicate my life. I never want to do more than I need to. I never want to be in a hurry. I want to make sure that I focus on things that are going to help me in my marriage as a son, as a future father, as somebody who just, I want to be better as a person. I think the best thing that we can do is fall in love with this book here because when we fall in love with this book, it shows us a story and helps us fall in love with Jesus more and more and more. And for me, that's all I want in my life. And I pray that we would get to that place where we understand the value of this book and not see it in a negative light. So if you're taking notes, the title of my talk is Just Do It. Just Do It. And uh, yes, I stole that from the Nike slogan because I love Nike and Nike is the best. Uh, Adidas is cool, but Nike is better. We can talk about it after service and uh, I'm sure it's in the Bible somewhere. And uh, we're going to be reading from James 1, James chapter 1. It's a little bit back in your Bible, close to Revelation. Uh, James 1, if you don't have your Bibles, no worries. We're going to have it on the screen right there for you. And we're going to pick it up in verse 19 through 27. And this is what it says. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, just do it. Anyone who listens to the word, which if, if the word means the Bible, so whenever you hear somebody up here, somebody in, in any Christian context say the word, we're talking about the Bible. So what it says is, if anybody listens to the Bible or the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. That right there is incredible, knowing that if we read this and apply it to our lives, the Bible promises, Jesus promises, they, you, will be blessed in all that they do. Verse 26, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Meaning we're all talk, we're no actions. It's always the same. We love people, we never do anything with it. There's no action behind it. The religion that God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans 
and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So we got a lot to unpack here, but I really believe that James breaks down the foundation of what it is to see miracles and blessings in our life. To not only hear the word, hear Jesus is speaking, but do what he says and watch and be faithful to fulfill his promises that he says in his word. And so today I pray that we would fall in love with this Bible. We would fall in love with getting in it, reading it, and knowing that it's Jesus speaking to us. So we're going to get into this and then we'll hang out with our families, go back to our houses and watch the dolphins hopefully make the playoffs. We shall see. And... uh, don't know if it's going to happen, but we'll see. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you for every single person that's tuning in online and here in person. Uh, God, there's no coincidence. There's no accidents in the building today. You brought every single person in this room, in these seats for a specific purpose. And it's to hear from you, Jesus, not to hear from me, not to hear from Calvary, but for you, once we open up the Bible, that you would speak to every single one of us individually, something fresh, something new, something that's going to bless us and benefit us as we start our week, as we start our new year, Jesus. And I pray anybody here for the first time that doesn't know you, Jesus, they don't have a relationship with you, Jesus. They don't, they don't call you Lord. They don't, they don't believe that you're their savior. They don't have a relationship with you. I pray that today would be the day as they start a brand new year. The best decision to make is to make you the savior of their soul. That they would fall in love with you today, Jesus. And, um, and that we would see salvation happen at the end of the service. And people would be changed, refreshed, and renewed. So Lord, we love you and we thank you. And everybody said, amen. 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 As I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about this question that I sometimes ask myself. And so I wanted to ask all of us together. Why is it in society that we do not do the things we know are good for us. <laughs> like, why is that? Why, has anybody ever found that funny? Like, we, we know there are things that are good for us, whether it's food, whether it's exercising. Like, we know, like, that's a fact that these are good things. But yet there's something inside of us, something in our subconscious mind that's like, hey, you know this is good, but don't do it. And it's like, why is that? Why, why does our brain work like that? Why does society work like that? Like, for me, I know that going to the dentist is a good thing helps your teeth, you need shiny teeth, like, like, like it's great. But I don't see a difference between a dentist's office and a torture chamber. That's just how I see it. Like you're a dentist in here, I love you, I love going to the dentist, I have to go to an appointment actually very soon, I'm not looking forward to it, pray for me. But I don't see a difference, but I know I need to go, like it's good, but my natural instinct is like, I don't wanna go. If I can avoid the dentist at all costs, I would love to avoid it if that was my choice and my teeth would be fine if I didn't go. But that's, we know it's good, but, but, but we don't wanna do it. Like, we know that eating vegetables and fruits are good for you. But I'm sorry, I can stare at an apple and a cheeseburger looks better. It just does. It's as simple as that. You could tell me, you know, one apple a day keeps the doctor away, whatever. Like, that's great. But, you know, a, a burger just makes me feel good. I'm just happy. Like, I eat a burger, I'm satisfied, I'm, I'm good to go. But I know that it's wrong, but I still don't go after things that are good. I know that getting up early, getting coffee, taking my, my prayer time in the morning is good, but I'd rather hit my 15 snooze buttons and feel, feel comfortable in my bed. Like, that's just how I work. I don't know about you. Am I the only one? Do I have more? Anybody here have more than one snooze button? That's my people. Yes. Let's go. It's the best. It's like, okay, I'm awake, but I'm going to sleep a little bit more. And it feels great. And that's how it works. My wife hates me for it. And uh, just pray for her and that she would be patient with her husband. But I know that I need to get up and get active in my day. But my natural instinct is, no, I want to sleep in and stay in my bed. I know that when I was in school, I needed to study and do what I need to do. 
But my natural instinct was to stay on Netflix and go on social media and get sucked into the black void, the black hole of what that is. I know it's wrong, but it, but it felt right. I know I needed to study. I know I needed to work on a project. But, but I was hesitant and I resisted that. And it makes me wonder, why is there such a gap between knowing what we need to do and actually doing it? For me, I looked up what psychologists would, would say is the answer to this question, and I think all of us would agree on this, is that I think as a society, as humans, we are more focused on short-term pleasure than we are long-term health. Like, we all want what we want now. Like, I want to feel good now. I want to fulfill my desires, my passions, my appetites now. I'm not link, thinking long-term. I'm not thinking about what's good for me. I'm thinking about what makes me happy and what makes me feel good. And if that thing that makes me happy makes me happy, I'm going to go after that. And I'm going to continue that cycle of, I'll worry about my life later. Right now, focus on having a good time, feeling all right, and making sure I'm happy with where I'm at and going after things that make me happy. We don't think about long-term health. We don't think about the things that can help us and benefit us, even when we know those things are good for us. Like we'd rather eat unhealthy now and, and eat healthy later when it counts. I'd rather spend my money now than save for my future. Just how society works is what we want now, now, now. I'm not worried about long-term. I want to go after the things that make me happy, even though you're ignoring the things that are good for you that we all know together. Now, as I say this, you're okay, okay, he's talking about the Bible. How does this correlate to the Bible? Like, what, what does this have to do? How does this all tie in together? Well, what if I was to tell you that one of the main reasons you may not feel fulfillment in your Christian journey is because it's a result of a disconnect between your hearing and your doing. Like there's a disconnect between hearing what the Bible says and actually applying it to your life. And so what happens is you feel like you're not getting the most out of Jesus. You feel like your prayers are not getting answered. You feel like you're not getting the most from your church family. And you're wondering what is going on. Why do I feel like this? Am I not supposed to be happy, Jesus? Am I not supposed to be the joy of the Lord? Why do I feel like you're abandoning me? Why do I feel like I'm lost? Why do I feel like this is not working? And the answer might be is because you're a great hearer, but not a great doer. Is you're a great hearer, but you're not a great doer. A lot of us, if we're not careful, we can be in settings like this and we can hear a message, we can hear worship, we can hear a connect group leader talk, but in reality, that sounds good on paper, but it doesn't do anything. There's no weight to it unless it's applied into your life. The Bible has the greatest story ever told that we all can hear. It's the gospel of Jesus. Jesus, the son of God, comes down from heaven to earth as a man. He's born in a manger as a baby, grows up to be a man, gives his life up, dies on a cross that was meant for us, and he takes it all on his shoulders. He's dead for three days. On that third day, he rises from the grave, and he's alive today, and he saves us from our sins. That is the story that we read. But can I tell you, you can hear that, and it won't change your life. Because the same reason we don't go after the things we know are good for us is the same reason we put off getting into this Bible and actually applying it to our lives. We think that this book right here blocks us or prevents us from going after our pleasures, our desires, our appetites, our wants. And if it gets in the way of my happiness, then why do I need to read it? 
And so there's this conflict and all of us were like, okay, I, I know Jesus, he died for me and Jesus, he loves me and I know what he's speaking to me. Like he still has plans and purposes for me, but I feel like right now in my life, I, I don't need this book because I'm, I'm trying to go after a certain goal. I'm trying to live a certain way. I'm trying to do a certain thing and I feel like this doesn't correlate with what I want to do. And because it doesn't correlate with what I want to do, I'm not going to read it unless there's something in there that fits my agenda instead of the agenda that God has for me, which is always going to be the best agenda, always going to be the best will for your life. And so we have this conflict. We have this conflict of, if this takes away from me, then why is it going to benefit me? If it's going to block things that make me happy, why is it going to benefit me? And I think the, the thing is, I think the big conflict is, and the core of this conflict is that we're, we are more in relation with what God tells us not to do and, and what the Bible is, and as a rule book, and as a textbook, and I think we just have our focus on the wrong thing. Like, I think a lot of us are more focused on what the Bible tells us not to do, when our focus should be what Jesus did for us. Like, if we change our perspective of why we need to read this book, I think it'll bring us more happiness and fulfillment if it's just, oh, well, the pastor tells me I need to read this, and I guess I have to read it to be happy. No, that's not the relationship Jesus has for you. I read this book because I know in it there's a Savior named Jesus that died for me, and the least I can do is be obedient and read what he has to tell me, which is to benefit me, which is to bless me, which is to give me grace, which is to give me peace, which is to provide for me, give me opportunity. I don't read this out of obligation. I read it out of obedience. And that is all understanding when you know who Jesus is. The more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you want to get in this book because he's actually still talking to you. A lot of us think that we believe in Jesus and Jesus is dead. He's still gone. He's still not, he's not around. And this is just a book for, by some old guys that aren't even around anymore. What is it going to do to my life? But my friend, this is the word of God. When we open this up, it is God speaking to us. We're not looking for clouds to open up. We're not looking for miracles. Like Morgan Freeman can't talk to me because that's not the, the voice of God. The voice of God is in these pages, is in these texts, is Jesus himself speaking to every single one of us. He's still speaking. He still wants to bless you, and he wants to help you with your life. You feel stuck right now? You feel like you're hitting a dead end after a dead end? You feel like you're still in the residue of 2020, and you feel like you can't shake it? Can I tell you, my friend, if you open up this book, Jesus is ready to speak life over you. He's ready to speak peace over you. You can change here and now with the power of this book. And if we apply it to our lives, if we apply it to our lives, this is the context. This is what James, our, our author, wants us all to get. He wants us all not to deceive ourselves, meaning he doesn't want us to live a Christian life or a life following after Jesus with that disconnect where all we do is hear and listen and hear and listen, but there's no doing. And because we feel like, God, I, I'm, I, I feel like I'm not getting blessed. I feel like you're not hearing my prayers. Like, what is going on? And we start to blame God, and we blame the church, and we blame our connect group leader. We blame other people, but in reality, it's that disconnect that James is saying, you are deceived. You, you don't have it right. Like, like, I love your passion, I love your zeal, but, but there's got to be that next step. You have to take the step and say, if God's telling us we cannot be unequally yoked, we, we have to pray more, we have to do all these things that God's telling us to do. It's not to hurt us, it's to benefit us. And once we do this in our lives, it will get better. Picture this, we're on the highway, you're expected to choose the lane you're going to stay in. And, and Cubans, my people, my friends, this is for us, let's pay attention here. There is a left lane and a right lane. And you have to be careful when you choose to go into either left or the right lane. 
Because if you stay in your lane, you'll be safe. If you go into someone else's lane, that will cause an accident. You're an accident waiting to happen. So there's a time and a place of when you are called to change lanes. You see, church, that the Bible gives you a lane to stay in. Gives you a lane to stay in. And if you stay in that lane and do everything Jesus Christ tells you to do, I guarantee you, your life will get better. That is a guarantee. That is a promise. Not, it's not my creation. It's what the Bible says. That if we practice what the Bible preaches, you will be blessed. And I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed in 2021. That sounds good news to me. I want to make sure I set my marriage up. I set my family up to be blessed and to receive everything. Not some of what Jesus has for me. Not 50%, but every single thing Jesus has for me. And if it takes me reading a book and doing what it says, sign me up. Because I know who Jesus is and I know what he did for me. And so the least I can do is give my life to hear what he has to say to me. My creator who, know, who was there before the beginning of time, who knows more than me, who's the wisest being on earth and beyond, wants to speak to me. Then let me put an ear and listen to what he has to say because he knows more than me. And so James is saying, stay in your lane. Let the Bible and the voice of Jesus guide you. Now, what is the right way to do this? What, what are the steps? What is the process? Well, I believe, again, there's many ways you can read your Bible. There's many ways you can get the most out of this. But I think from the sake of what we're reading here in James, there's three ways. I think if we do these things, we're going to hear Jesus clearly, more clearly. We're going to hear him more precisely and, and hear things. We, we, we might experience things we've never experienced in our Christian walk by doing these things. And the three things are this. It's, you have to learn how to receive the word. How, how do you open yourself to it? You have to practice the word, and then you have to share the word. James is saying, if you can receive it, you can be open to it and let God speak to you. That's a, that's a great first step. Second thing you got to do is once you heard what Jesus tells you to do, now do it and watch yourself be blessed. And not only that, look at the family and the friends and the coworkers around you and share what's blessing you to them. And if we can do that cycle, we could set ourselves up for 2021 to have a blessed year, but not only a blessed year, a blessed life. No matter what comes, no matter what comes our way, no matter if there's another pandemic, no matter if there's another hurricane, whatever comes our way, we can stand on this because this does not change. This does not falter. It does not move. And now us, we become an example of it and we ourselves become unshakable and become a foundation. And so what's the first step? Receive the word. You have to be receptive to the Bible. You have to be receptive to it. And look at the language James uses to talk about being receptive. And I think we can all agree these are easier said than done. He says, brothers and sisters, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. He uses these words very carefully. And a lot of us, we can take what he's saying here as we need to do this in our life, which we should. We should be in our marriages, in our in relationships, in our life in general. We should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry because it will help us. But in this context, he's saying you need to do this before you read your Bible. Before you read your Bible, you need to make sure that you're quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And the reason he says these words is because if you can't do one, you're not, you won't do any of them. It has to be in a sequence. It has to be in a process. You can't be quick to listen and keep talking all the time. You can't be talking all the time and still listen because anything that happens there is you're going to just get angry and angry. And when you're angry, you're not going to listen. And so breaking down what it says here, it says quick to listen, quick to listen. I think a lot of us need to realize in our lives, what is getting in the way of us listening to what Jesus has to say to us? Because we can all agree, life is busy. 
life is hectic. We have the kids, we have work, we have family parties. We just, like there's always something going on and we feel like we just lay down in bed and it's like, oh my gosh, I have to do all this tomorrow again. And it never, it's this never ending vicious cycle of life. And it's hard to listen when everything around you has your attention. Because there's a difference between hearing and listening. Hearing is what you do when someone's talking and you're kind of checked out. Hearing is just like, okay, this guy's talking about his life. This is great. This is awesome. Like, oh my God, it's so cool, bro. Amazing. Wow. That's not what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to be quick to listen. Listening is to understand. It's to hear what you're being told and say, I'm going to understand what is, what is being told to me and how does it apply to my life. It's, it's a deeper level of hearing. But here's the thing. We will never be quick to listen unless we are intentional with our time. If there's something I learned in 2020 is how to be intentional with my time. Because intentional is a, is a word that I think we all know, but we don't really truly understand what it means. Being intentional is caring about something and making sure that everything else doesn't matter except that one thing. And I'm going to make sure I do everything, whether it's my schedule, my time, to make sure that thing that is important to me happens. For example, my wife and I, our date nights used to be Thursday nights. And date night's important because life is crazy and life is hectic and I'm busy, she's busy, she's a teacher, so her life is all over the place and she's always stressed. Again, it's, it's not easy. And so sometimes we come home and we, we talk a little bit, we hang out, like whatever, but it's not, we need that quality time. And so we say, hey, we're gonna have date night once a week. But what happened was I wasn't intentional about it. I just said it, I just put it in the atmosphere. We're gonna have Thursday night date nights. But it was sporadic, it wasn't consistent, it wasn't, it wasn't fruitful, there really wasn't anything happening with it. So I had to look at my life and say, okay, how do I make sure for the sake of my marriage, I'm intentional about making sure date night happens? So what intentionality looks like is, I opened up my calendar, I looked at everything I have to do and say, what comes over my marriage? And there wasn't a lot of stuff. And so what does that mean? That means this is very important. So I'm going to make sure I put it on a date and a time that my wife and I have no distractions, nothing can interfere, and that night, it's going to be date night. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great, and I can't wait. And so what we did was, on my calendar, every Monday night, it's date night. Every Monday night, it does not change. Nothing removes it. On my calendar, there's nothing except date night. All caps, it's there. It's not, it's not being canceled, nothing. But I was intentional about it. It wasn't like, hey, babe, Monday night, date nights. Awesome, great, I'll see you Monday. And then like something happens and oh my God, this person needs this. And, and then you, you lose the fruit of something that's important to you. And so what does that have to do with what I'm saying is that you will never hear the voice of Jesus unless you're intentional about hearing it. What place in your home, what place in, in what, what, do you have a, pay, a place or a spot where you can listen distraction free from no noise, no nothing, and I get it. I, I'm, I, I'm not a dad. I don't know what it is to have kids running around the house. Like, right now, I have a dog, and the dog, she always wants attention, but I just put her in a cage, and it solves the problem. You can't put kids in cages. That doesn't work. So I get it. I get it, right? But, but if we could be intentional and say, hey, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes, even with my son and my daughter going crazy, I'm going to, I'm not going to let that discount me from my time with Jesus, because Jesus can still speak to a crying baby. Jesus can still speak to any distraction, but you got to be intentional about it. And so are we quick to listen? Or are we just giving up after one distraction, after another distraction, missing out on Jesus speaking something that will change your life? The answer that you've been looking for is right in these pages, but, but we're too distracted. Maybe that's not your issue. Maybe you have a problem reading the Bible for, for that reason. Maybe your discounting the Bible is because you feel like you wouldn't listen to a man that's never been to something in your shoes. And you're saying, well, Phil, I'm not going to read that because it doesn't relate to my life. Jesus, what, 
What does he know about what I'm going through? What does Jesus know about going through what I've been through? Like, why do I need, like, I'm going to hear this guy and, and he, he's not going to, he's not going to speak to my situation because he's never been in my shoes and dealing with what I'm dealing with. But the truth is he has. And because he has, it changes everything. Hebrews 4.15 says this, our high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. How does he understand our weaknesses? Because he faced all the same testings we do and he did not sin. We have a savior that knows what we're going through. And because he knows what we're going through, he can speak specifically to what you're dealing with and help you when you're looking for help in all the wrong places. He's saying, whenever you're ready, I know what you're going through. I've been alone. I've been hurt. I've been by myself. I've been through a rough time. And guess what? I went through all that to speak to you. And so when we read this, we don't have to fret. We don't have to question. Jesus knows your pain. He knows what you're going through. He did it with a precise plan to know that if you're doubting, he's saying, no, 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 listen, listen. I- I've been through what you're going through. I know that circumstance. Oh, I've been through. I-, I-, I was there. I was there. But I got through it. And guess what? I can show you how to get through it. And that's the power of when we are quick to listen. But sometimes we can't listen because we're not slow to speak. See, God created our body very, very specific. We have two ears and one mouth for a reason. So we need to listen more than we speak. We need to listen more than we speak. A lot of us, I think, we aren't hearing our answered prayers because we're talking above God. We're trying to argue and disagree with everything that he says. And God, why is it this way? Why aren't you doing it like this? Why, 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 why? And he's like, hey, I want to answer your prayer. But but you need to be slow to speak. And just, just let me speak to you. Trust me. Have faith that I know what's best for you. I just think that we're too active and too busy in life and there's so much going on that God is trying to get our attention. We're just not slow to speak and we're just moving at 100 miles per hour. And the reason why we get angry is because we think that God's not speaking, but in reality, we're not quick to listen and we are not slow to speak. And so what happens is, what James warns us is we get angry. We get angry with God. We get angry with ourselves. We get angry with other people. And we're like, why is my life not getting better? Why are things not changing? How many prayers do I need to pray for my, for my miracle to come, for my answer to come? And so what happens is we get angry. Why does James say become slow to get angry? It's because he knows that sometimes when we read this word, it's going to challenge us to do things we don't want to do. And it's going to challenge us to change things in our life we don't want to change. And it's going to confront us on things that we know are wrong, that we're doing, and we know we need to change, but we don't like hearing that. So what happens is we get angry. God, you don't know my story. You don't know my life. You don't know the relationship that I'm in. You don't know. So you're telling me to do this thing, but you don't know. And so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to listen to it because you're going to ruin everything. And so we get angry. And here's the issue with anger. Anger will disqualify us from seeing the miracle Jesus has for us because we're no longer following in Jesus' path. We're now following the devil's schemes. Look what it says in Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil. When we are angry, we are in prime position to be ruled by Satan's schemes and we are Jesus' will. And that's a dangerous place to be. Because it's a confusing place to be. Because we're blaming Jesus, but in reality, we're we're falling into what the devil has for us. And nothing the devil has for us is ever going to be good. 
But sometimes because we're angry with Jesus for a, for a wrong understanding and a wrong perspective, we, we, we feel more comfortable in the devil's schemes than we do in Jesus' will. And we have to be careful that we don't get angry because if we get angry, we miss out on the things that God wants to teach us. Like 2021 is going to be the best year of your life. And I promise you, God wants to bless you so immensely. And he wants to help you because he knows what coming, what's coming in your way. He knows your future. The Bible says he's already walked in your future and he's prepared a way. He's waiting for us to step in. And when we step in and we go in line with what Jesus says, we can have confidence that our life will get better. But if we get angry and we, we argue and we fight and, we, and we, we have a misunderstanding of the Bible, we'll miss out on those things. And the saddest thing is to miss out on your miracle because of something so simple. I really think Christianity isn't very complicated. That's what I think James is trying to say. And so what he says is, hey, not only do you need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, you need to, you need to do what the Bible says. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, do what it says. And when you do that, you will be blessed in all your ways. You see, we've been talking about the Bible and this book and how powerful it is. But what I'm about to say is kind of controversial, but I think the Bible here backs it up and the verses backs it up. The Bible alone can't change your life. The Bible can't change your life because the Bible is a mirror and the mirror does some things and it does other things and what we want is for this mirror to do something it was not created to do you see when a mirror you look to a mirror what do you want you, you the goal is the objective is you want to see something that's wrong and you want to fix it like before I go out with my girls you know I want to hang out have a good time I make sure there's no, nothing in my teeth I want to make sure my hair is good Guys, we want to make sure that we look good. We, like we're, we're good. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Because here's the truth. Mirrors, they reveal stuff, but they don't fix stuff. And a lot of us, what we want is for this mirror to point out what's wrong and then to fix it, to get that thing out of your teeth, like, like to shave those, that, your stomach, to get those abs. Like you, like you wanted to do something it was not created to do. This book cannot do the work for you. It'll show you, hey, your prayer life is a little lacking. Hey, that relationship you're in, it's not going to help you. Hey, you're falling into the devil's traps. Here, here, here make sure you, you read this. It'll tell you. It'll reveal it. But once, you got, once God reveals something to you, now you have to respond to it. There's got to be a step. There's got to be an action. There's got to be something in you that says, God, you saved me from a decision that could have ruined my life. So I'm going to step and be obedient to what you've called me to do. But a lot of us, we don't understand and we think this mirror is going to do all the work for us, but mirrors reveal things. They don't fix things. What in 2021, what right now has God revealed to you that you have not responded to? And it's just lingering over you. It's just hovering over you. God waiting for you to talk to him about it. God waiting for you to take that step to, to, to do the application so you can have freedom and be blessed. We have to do what the Bible says final thing as the band comes up not only do we need to be receptive to the Bible not only need to do what it says but, but we need to learn how to share our Bible we have to share it like yeah sharing the Bible physically but, but sharing the story of Jesus in it it's the greatest story ever told about the greatest savior that ever lived and is living but sometimes we keep it to ourselves and James warns us that, that a, a life that is built on just wordplay and saying, hey, 
I can't wait to help somebody. Oh, I, got, I got to pray for my mom. I got to pray. Like, I, it's just, we just say things. We say, we say, we say. Words can never be a substitute for acts of love. And sometimes our words get the best of us and we say things, but we don't do it. And we say things, we don't back it up. And what happens is that makes us religious. Is because now we live a life that's just following after this Bible as rules and, and we talk about it and this and that, but we don't live it out. That's, that's religion that has no freedom to it. The religion that God our Father wants is for us to share the love of Christ to the orphans and to the widows and to help them get a life that isn't polluted by the world and things that can harm them. But the only way people can be loved like that is if we share the love of Jesus with them. People matter to God. But do people matter to us? But do people matter to us? Because if people matter to us, we will do whatever it takes to make sure that my family is saved and it's going to be in heaven one day. That I make sure that my coworkers and the friends that I love are in heaven one day. And the only way they can get to heaven is they know a man named Jesus that can save them, that can heal them, that can help them in their lives. Reminds me of a story I read about the Titanic. We all know the Titanic. We've seen the movie, right? Like Jack could still be alive to this day, right? We know. Like Rose was selfish. She let him die. We just got to say it. We just got to, you know, we're being honest as a church. And if you haven't seen it, just skip the five-hour movie and get to the end and you'll get to what I'm saying. Remember when it was like five VHS? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't even know I said that. It's so weird. But we all know the movie. We know the story about the famous Titanic ship that hit an iceberg and it sunk and it was a great tragedy. But what people don't know is about the second tragedy that took place in the Titanic that most of the lifeboats that held people saved from death were only half filled. No one was willing to turn back and share in their salvation. We have room on the boat. You get on the boat, you're saved. You get on this boat, you're gonna make it to, you're gonna make it to land. Your life will continue. You're gonna be saved, you're not gonna die, it's gonna be awesome. But the people that were saved were unwilling to get out and to share their salvation with somebody else. And so there was boats that were missing people that should have been in there. And so for all of us, are we willing to share the gospel? Are we willing to share the love of Jesus to the people that matter to us the most? And I know you could say something like that. It's like, whoa, this is intense because I don't know how to talk to anybody. I feel like that's the preacher's job. No, no. It's all of our jobs because all of us are a royal priesthood. All of us are preachers in our own right. And we don't have to overcomplicate it. I think if we get in our word enough, and we understand that the love of Jesus is very simple it's the story of a man who died for people he loved and and that if we accept it that we can have a brand new start and I feel like the people that you know need this need a second start need a fresh a refreshing need a new beginning there's there's something I want to do for 2021 is make sure that my family the people closest to me not my not my not the youth group not my leaders at youth the youth team I love them so much and I'm going to make sure I, I I encourage them and lift them up but the people closest to me know who Jesus is and if I can be real sometimes I look at my life and I talk more to the people at my church than I do the people that need it the most my family there's people in my family that don't know Jesus but yet I'm so quick to tell people that come to our church about Jesus and not the people that I love the most and so for me what I want for 2021 I want to be open to what Jesus has to say for me, to me. I want to practice it because I know it's going to bless me. It's going to make me better. And then I'm going to share it because I know somebody else wants to get better. And I know somebody else wants to get saved. And if I do that, my life will be 
fulfilled. And I won't have to keep ignoring the things that I know that are good. I won't have to keep ignoring. I'll just do it and stop putting it off and say, God, it's not about my desires. It's not about my pleasures. You know what I want. You know what I need. And I trust it'll come in its right time. But what I want right now is to throw that all away because you gave it all for me. And because you gave it all for me, I'll give my all for you. And I think that heart and that spirit can set us up to see a 2021 like never before. Not because it's a new year, but a life like never before. And so let's make that commitment as we start this week. We start our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let's be open to the word. Let's practice it day by day, little by little. Let's practice it. And then let's be vocal about Jesus. Amen. Come on, why don't we stand up to our feet? Why don't we close our eyes and bow our heads as we wrap up service? And uh, we do this every Sunday. We give an opportunity for those that know, don't know Jesus to make that decision that we're talking about, that decision to accept a relationship with him. Maybe you're in this place and you, you don't know Jesus. You don't even have a Bible. You never read your Bible. And you're saying, well, Phil, I feel like this, this wasn't for me. I feel like this is not going to relate to me. This is not going to help me because I'm not a Christian. But can I tell you that, that once you accept Jesus into your life, if you accept that salvation, the moment you open up this Bible, Jesus will start to speak to you and you will unlock power. You will unlock an experience like never before. But it first starts by accepting Jesus as your, it's, it's giving up your life for Jesus to do what he wants with it. It's saying, God, I've tried to do things on my own. I've tried my own ways and I'm not getting it done. I'm gonna give everything to you and put my trust. I'm gonna put my faith. I'm gonna give you my life, everything, all of it. And you do what you want because you're Jesus. You're God and I'm not. And I'm tired and I'm tired of doing things my own way. And if that's you and you feel like, man, I'm, you know what? I'm ready to start my new year in a brand new start, a brand new beginning with a relationship with Jesus. And this is your moment. You see, Jesus, he died on the cross for all of us. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We all need Jesus. Because here's the thing. You can be the greatest human on planet earth. But if your sins are not forgiven, there's one place you're going. And it's not heaven. And the thing is, I think a lot of us, we, we try to save ourselves from our own sin. And we try to say, I got to be good. I got to be helpful. I got to be a nice person. And that's great. But you're still going to be missing out on the life that the God of the universe specifically picked out for you, which is the best life, which is the most fulfilled life. Instead of going after things that are going to leave you hollow, going to leave you empty, and leave you wanting things that are never going to fulfill you. And so what did Jesus do? He came down to earth. He took the cross that was meant for us. And he died for us. He died for us so we can no longer be separated from God because sin separates us from God. So Jesus, he came down to earth. He died on the cross for us because he loves us so much. And now, after his death, on the third day, we believe that he rose from the grave. He's alive today, still speaking to every single one of us. He wants to speak to you today. But you have to make that decision to accept him as your Lord and your Savior. To accept him in your heart. So we have our eyes closed, our head bowed. I'm going to give you that opportunity. If you, want to love, if you want to get to know Jesus, you want to accept Jesus, you want to have your sins forgiven, and you're going to have a brand new life, you're going to be a new creation in Jesus, if you want that, if you want a brand new start, I'm going to, on the count of three, as you lift up your hand, you can put it right back down. I just want to see who I'm praying for. But if that's you, you want a brand new start with Jesus, you want to know that your sins are forgiven, you want to be saved from your soul. On the count of three, you lift up your hand, you can put it right back down. Jesus loves you. He cares about you. 
don't wait for next month don't wait for next year this is your moment this is your time it is not the world the earth the time we live is not promised to us now is the moment it's the best decision you can make if that's you on the count of three you lift up your hand one two three you lift up your hand God bless you awesome God bless you amazing God bless you I see you can put your hands down thank you guys God bless you guys amazing For those of you who raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And this prayer is what the Bible tells us to do, that when we confess with our mouth, when we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we're going to be saved. And we're confessing right now, all of us together as a church family, we're going to do this alongside of you so you're not alone because this is a family. You are part of our family. We want to make sure that you are not alone in this decision. This prayer that we're going to say, it's a repeat after me prayer. And this prayer is just putting a stamp on the decision that you made. You are now telling Jesus that you're all in that you believe in him, that you want a brand new start with him. And Jesus is listening to you right now. And so it goes like this in church. Let's say it loud and strong with them. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my friend, to be my savior, to be my God. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. From this day forward, I want to follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, I thank you, and I love you. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amazing. Hey, for those of you who raised your hand, you made the greatest decision of your entire life. And I truly believe you now are in path, you now are in step for the greatest year of your entire life. And we don't say it lightly. We don't say it to fluff up this moment. No, we truly believe it because it's what the Bible tells us. That if we are saved in Jesus, we now know that one day we will be in heaven with him for all eternity. Where there is no pain, where we are in paradise. But guess what? We don't have to wait to heaven to be in paradise. We can be here on earth making sure that Jesus is with us and setting us our lives up to be blessed. And to have a purpose and a calling. And the best ways is that is a Bible. And so if you raise your hand, you made that decision. What I love here at church, we want to make sure that you are resourced with your very own Bible. Like literally this week, you grab this Bible, you can get into it. This Bible is super easy to read. There's little footnotes. There's little um, just resource to help you if you've never read a Bible. And I get it. It's a, it can be a daunting journey because you're like, whoa, I don't even know where to start. It's okay. This Bible will help you. We have team members out there will help you. Just don't get distracted and let's go all in on learning more and digging in with Jesus. Amen? So if you made that decision, get a Bible. They're free. We're not going to send you a check saying you owe us $5, nothing like that. It's free. 99 It's our gift from us to you. Please don't rush your car. Get one of these, and then you can rush your car. It'd be awesome. So God bless you, church.